All right, all right. Who's excited to be at church this weekend? Come on. Well, welcome to a series that I am so excited about called Family Games. Now, before I tell you about this series, uh, I want you to, let's play a little game together. So go ahead and grab your phone out. There's going to be a QR code on the screen. Uh, and hey, I want you to push yourself, see if you can get it. Okay, so go to, the, go to the QR code, just get your camera out and point at it. There's going to be a little yellow deal that comes up. That's what happens if you're an Apple user. If you're an Android user, I don't know what happens. I don't know if, if there's even cameras on those things, really. But hey, go ahead and go to that. And you're gonna, it's, it's going to ask you to put five categories in order from the most to the least talked about subjects in the Bible of those five categories. And the categories are faith and prayer, love, money, the poor, or hell. So put those in order of you think the most to the least talked about in the Bible. Here in a few minutes, we will share those results with you. It's going to be fun. Uh, but hey, just let us know what you think. And before we get into that, before we do that, while you're answering those questions, let me tell you a little story. Now, it goes like this. A man known as the father of Dubai, one of the richest places, countries in the world, right, was once asked about the future of his country. He replied, my grandfather rode a camel. My father rode a camel. I ride a Mercedes. My son rides a Land Rover. My grandson is going to ride a Land Rover. But get this, my great-grandson is going to have to ride a camel again. Now, this took the, the reporter back, so why is that? This is so powerful. He said this, hard times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak men create difficult times. Many will not understand it, but we have to raise warriors, not parasites. Now, we're, amen? Amen. I, I agree. So for the next month, we are going to make a play to be in it to win it for our families. Now, whether right now your family feels like a bust or it feels like a royal flush, I, we want to take this time, this series, to look at our families through God's outline for winning, not through the world's outline for winning. So let me ask you something else. Even if you feel like right now your family is all aces, are you winning in the right places? Are you winning at the right things? Listen, what is it that makes you feel like you're winning or losing as a family? Before I ask you one more question, let's watch this video clip together. 3.7. Three seconds left. The game's almost over. One more chance to win. Here we go. Inbound pass. Oh. Now he made it. Why would the other team be celebrating? He scored on the wrong goal. That's something I would do. That's why I didn't play basketball, right? Hey, let me ask, who is setting the goal for your family? When it comes to our family, we should enjoy them. Our families are a gift, one of the most precious gifts from God. But listen, it's all fun and games until hard times come and you and your kids are not ready. So the question for this month and the question for this weekend is, are you playing to win in your home? Are you playing to win in your home? Let's take this time and pray and ask God to transform our homes this weekend. 
God, we love you so much, and we just pray right now, no matter where we are, God, if we're a student, if we're a husband or a wife, a, a son or a daughter, God, wherever we are, pray that you would transform, you would transform, you would transform our lives. Today, we will all be challenged. Today, we will come face to face with your word and your commands, and I pray that we would humbly respond, not challenged by Zach, but, but challenged by the Holy Spirit and what you're calling us to do. In your precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to welcome you to Faith Promise, whether you're live at a campus, if you're live online, later online, God behind bars. We are so excited about what God is doing in our church, so we welcome you. We are so glad that you're here. At Faith Promise, we're all about winning the world by helping you, by equipping you to win your world. Listen, your neighborhood, your boardrooms, your locker rooms, your break rooms, and your classrooms. But before we can win there, we have to win in the family room. It's so important. Now, how we do that, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. We bring God's kingdom into our world, into our home, into our family. Because, hey, make no mistake, we are all building a kingdom. So in your home, what kingdom is being built? In your home, which kingdom is being built? Well, Pastor Zach, maybe you're thinking, I'm not, I'm not even sure I understand the game. Man, I, I'm just making this walk with God thing up with my family as I go. Hey, I totally understand. But think about this with me. How heartbreaking would it be to win only to realize in the end you are focused on the wrong goal. You are focused on the wrong target. The moves we make every day, the choices we walk in today, Set the course for our family's future. Not just our future, our family's future. Listen, is this really something we want to leave to the roll of the dice? Is this really something we want to leave to chance? I know that I don't. So what about our home? Think for a moment, what matters in your home? What, kill, what kingdom are we building? What kingdom are we bringing? Our world needs warriors, not parasites. Our King Jesus has called us to be and to raise warriors, not parasites. So I want you to process this weekend, are you in it to win it with your family? Let's go back to the question we asked at the beginning. And we're going to put the results up there from what we said as, as a 10 o'clock service at all of our campuses. We're going to look at what we said, right? And so we'll go from what we said was the least talked about to the most talked about. Now, we've all seen Family Feud, right? I would have grown my mustache out like Steve Harvey, but I don't have that kind of testosterone, I guess, right? And so as it comes up, we said out loud together, all the campuses. So number five. Hell, somebody said, survey says, wait, we're not good enough to do all that. We'll do it for the last one, okay? I got you. I'm proud of you. But, again, I ain't Steve Harvey, all right? So, hey, number four, money. Number three, the poor. Number two, faith and prayer. And number one, love. That's right. Great way to go. Okay, so this is good. So just remember, this is what we said is the most talked about, love. Faith and prayer, the poor, money, and hell. Okay, so let's reset it and let's look at what the actual order is in the Bible. Okay, so number five, what, what is it actually? Hell. Okay, number four, faith and prayer. Number three, money. Number two, 
the poor. Now, wait, wait, wait. We are on the count of three. We're going to say survey says. Let me live this dream out. All right, I've watched a lot of TikTok clips of Steve Harvey, and this is my moment, okay? So, hey, on the count of three, let's say survey says and read it. One, two, three. Survey says love. Amazing. Way to go. That's so good. So this is what it actually talks about. Love, the poor, money, faith and prayer, and hell. Let me ask you something. Is it possible that God's guide to knowing him and following his plans, which is the Bible, is trying to tell us something by how frequently it talks about different subjects. Maybe something we already know. We already know that we're supposed to love our families. And for most of us, it's easy to love our families, a little harder to like them sometimes. All right, we all get that. We can be real at church. All right. But hey, look at the next two most talked about topics, which is the poor and money. The poor and money. Is it possible that God spends so much time warning us about our finances because it's one of the ways the enemy tries to cheat us in this life? If the enemy can trick us about our finances to make it about us, then we will build our kingdom. And we will forget to build and bring God's kingdom. Listen, growing up in my parents' house, there were two things that were the law. Number one, dad loved mom more than us. There's no question, dad loved mom more. You may say, Zach, how did you know that dad loved mom more? He told us. Uh, and he told us constantly, dad, why does mom get better presents? I love her more. Dad, why don't you slap mom in the back of the head like you do me? I love her more. And he said, Zach, one day you'll be out of my house and your mom will still be there. And when mom wasn't around, he would tell me he couldn't wait for that day to come, right? But either way, he was very clear. This is not counseling, so I won't get into that. But all right, so that was, I knew that. The second thing I knew is that my parents' house, they were going to give 20% of their income to the church. They were going to tie 20%. It was just part of our house. I remember when I was eight years old and Faith Promise Church was actually meeting in the Oak Ridge Mall. Uh, I found this jar when I got to church early that day because we lived at church. My mom and dad had to be there early. It was set up and tear down. And so I found this big glass jar. So I walked around all day and asked people for donations to Zach's birthday fund. Um, it's a great idea. It was wrong on a couple levels, first of which it wasn't even my birthday, okay? But either way, that's, again, it's not it's your business. So I, I, I filled it with cash, like a big pickle jar full of cash, right? And then my dad's assistant saw me and ratted me out to my parents. I would have split it with her. She didn't have to do that, right? They made me tithe the whole thing. Tithe actually means 10%. They made me give it all. Right? I think it was unfair, personally. Right? I, if you've been at Faith Promise for a while, you know we do something called Heart for the Harvest. I was the first Heart for the Harvest offering, okay, with Zach's birthday fund. And you may say, oh, Pastor Zach, that's unfair. Your, your mom and dad, they're, they're pastors. Well, hey, listen, listen. It doesn't take a pastor to build kingdom principles into your home, into your kids. Listen, if you're going to be in it to win it for the kingdom, as spouses, as parents, then you have to play this game. You have to make it the most important thing you do with your spouse or with your kids. Let me show you some pictures. This is a picture of JL, and it's special because it's the first time that she tithed. It's the first time she did something to earn money. Yes, it's cool. She's cute. She's awesome, right? Um, let me show you a less spiritual picture. Uh, this is of River. Um, and this is the first time he tithed. Obviously, it's in a Pokeball like the Lord would want, right? Um, but, and that, that's his first tithe. Now, why do I show you that? We, te we teach him, hey, 
you, you tithe the first 10%, and then you, we want you to save 10%, and with the, the other 80, you can do whatever you want. But hey, you know what? If you look through my camera roll, which there's some things you can't look at, but there's most of it you can see, right? If you look at it, you're not going to find any picture of them buying Pokemon cards, which is what they would like to do with the other 80%. But can I be candid with you? That doesn't matter to me that they buy Pokemon cards. But I take pictures and I celebrate and I share and I lift them up when they tithe because I'm playing this game. And hey, listen, let me make very clear. I, my parents, me and Rachel, we are not better parents than you. My question, though, are we more focused than you? Right? That's the question. Do not leave the discipleship of your spouse, your home, your kids to me. To Pastor Chris, your campus pastor, your student pastor, kids pastor, group pastor, or a group leader, one of the church's greatest mistakes in recent history was trying to skip the parents' turn when it comes to discipleship of your kids and your students. It does not pay off to miss your turn, parents, spouses, or to fold your hand. We have to be in it to win it when it comes to the kingdom as spouses and as parents. And I'm telling you, money is massive when it comes to which kingdom your family serves, builds, and brings to our world. You may have thought, well, Zach, man, faith and prayer would have been a better place to start this family series. Well, let me tell you why we're doing this. In the Bible, there's about 500-ish verses on faith and prayer, and over 2,000 on money. Now, why is that? I believe it's because our God is a God of action, a God of obedience. He doesn't want us to just have faith and prayer. He wants us to take that faith and prayer and to win this world to his kingdom, for us to be warriors and not parasites, for us to be in it, to win it with our families. Amen, Amen. faith promise, can, can that be us? I know we're talking about money, but it's okay. Listen, that faith and prayer is supposed to be moved to action with our love, our obedience, our, our generosity, that's why those are the most talked about things. Let me tell you about somebody who was in it to win it in the Bible. A guy named Joshua, a leader in the Old Testament. And when Joshua was leading, the, God's people were actually spreading God's kingdom and taking territory from the enemy. Much like what we're supposed to be doing today, taking territory from the enemy. And in Joshua 6, uh, I'm going to tell you about a story, uh, a piece of history that will be familiar to you if you grew up in church. But I want to encourage you, read this as, as a family. If you have little kids, uh, we actually last night did it on the, on the uh, Kids Version Bible app with, with our kids, right? But hey, I want to tell you about it because it's special. See, God's people are there just now entering into the promised land. It's called the promised land because it's the land that God promised them. Just like he's promised us things, right? They're heading in and their first battle is against a city called Jericho. Now, at first glance, God's people did not stand a chance against Jericho. When you look at the game board, they didn't stand a chance. But Jer Jericho was fortified, had big, tall walls, and God's people were marching in, right? Listen, Jericho seemed to have all it needed to keep God's kingdom out. However, this was part of God's plan. You see, God doesn't want to win a single hand. God, God plays to win our whole hearts. And so God sets it up that way. God wanted their first battle to teach them that he dealt the cards that they needed him. 
And they followed God's crazy plan, and they marched around the walls of Jericho. And on the last days, they yelled, and they blew their trumpets, and the walls of Jericho, these massive, insurmountable walls, came crumbling down to the superior kingdom of God. Now, the reason I tell you about this move of God is because it was in Israel's success that they were disobedient. Someone in Israel forgot about the real win. See, God is very clear with them, just like he is with us, about what to do with the plunder from our victories. As you read it this week, or if you're looking at it right now, let me read you something out of Joshua 6, verses 17 and 18. It says this, the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all that are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies. She was obedient uh, for the spies that they sent. Listen, but keep away from the devoted things. Don't get near them so that you will not bring about your own destruction. Don't blame Bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. This is huge. God calls for the first. Their first victory was to be given to God. Listen, today, God still calls us to give the first to him. We are instructed to tithe or to give 10% of the plunder or what we make in our jobs is to be given to him. Now, what happens if we don't trust God with this discipline? Well, when you look at Joshua's leadership, you do not have to look very far to see. In Joshua 7, we see that one family was disobedient when it came to the devoted things. Let me read you Joshua 7, verse 1. It says, but the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of, uh, son of Carmi, son of Zimri, of, uh, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So that's the devoted thing. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now there's, some, there's so much here, but let me tell you some important things. Listen, it's important to see that because of one man's sin, a nation was guilty. There's two things I want to make sure we walk away with. Number one, if you are a leader in the household, listen, the decisions you make matter. You're not just setting the course for yourself, but for everyone else in the house. It matters what matters to you. Something else I want us to see, and hey, just let me get in your business for a second. Something that matters is that it, it should be a positive thing that our generosity and our love affects the world. It should be a positive thing, right? There's a negative, and so we have to be careful how we make decisions, but there, it should be a pot. Let me give you an example. Well, I'm, I'm just going to go there. One of the big topics right now is abortion in the Supreme Court and Roe Ro versus Wade. Hey, let me tell you, because of our love and our generosity, the church should be preparing to care for single mothers and for babies who might need a home. Amen? Instead of trying to win a political battle on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. That's what we should be doing. See, our lives, our generosity, and our proactive love should be making an impact on the world. People should feel loved. People should feel cared for. So, Zach, why are we talking about money? Why are you so aggressive and, and pushing forward this? Because our world should feel the impact that we make. And I'm telling you, how we spend our money is foundational to the effect that we will have. 
at Faith Promise, one of the things that we say is that God is generous and so are we. If he is our God and he is generous, then so are we. Let's look at the massive penalties for Achan and the Israelites for not following and being obedient with the devoted things. Let's look at what happened in Joshua 7, verses 3 and 4. They go to their next battle against a much weaker opponent. They're successful against Ai. Achan steals some stuff. They go to their next, they go to their next battle, right, against, again, a city called Ai, much weaker, and 36 men die, and they get routed. They get spanked. Why? Because Achan, Achan disobeyed, he stole, and he stepped out of God's game plan for success. I wonder if there are some battles that we are losing in our homes that we should not lose because we have been disobedient. We've stolen, and we've stepped out of God's game plan for success. Listen, you are meant to have an amazing family. Husband and wife, you are meant to have an intimate, loving relationship. You're supposed to have a purpose-filled individual life and family life. But we see in Joshua 7, verses 12 and 13, that God tells the Israelites, you will not be able to stand. You will not be able to go into the promised land and pursue and discover your purpose until the devoted things that you have stolen are returned. Hey, I love you so much. Sincerely, I pray for your family every day. I go to Leviticus 26, and that it, it lists things that happen when you are following God and when you're not. For real, I do this every day. I rebuke things in my family's life and in your life that don't belong there. Fear and idolatry and anxiety and brokenness. And I ask God, I beg God to put the things in that belong there. Obedience, abundance, faithfulness, wars every day. So since I pray for you every day, can I be very clear? The first 10% of what we make is to be devoted to God. Let me ask, are you keeping devoted things in your home? Are you keeping things that God told you to give in your home? Can I tell you, it's not worth it. The devil wants us to think that winning in this world is what matters most, not winning this world to Jesus. Winning in this world is not worth it. Winning in this world is not worth it. Why do I say that? Because you are an eternal being. Why would we invest our first, our most important into here when we believe that us and our families will spend eternity in heaven or in hell? Can I make it really personal? And this is not an anecdote for a sermon. I learned this about five years ago, and best believe it's going to make you laugh, but this is real life. I will not let a boy date my daughter who doesn't share his faith and who does not tithe. For, for real, this is exactly how it's going to go. This is exactly how it's going to go. And you, 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 you clap for that if you want. Because I'm praying one of you guys is raising her husband. And he's going to come up to me and say, Pastor Zach, I would like to date JL. And then I'm going to say, hey, what's your name? Awesome. And I'm going to text my assistant. She is going to look at his giving record. Because I'm going to ask. I'm going to say, hey, buddy, do you work? It's for no, no, no joke if you're a student. No cap. For real. And I'm going to say, hey, do you work? He's going to say, yes, sir, I work. Because he thinks I care that he can buy her food. I don't care if he can buy her food. I've been buying her food for however when she starts dating, 45, whatever that is, right? It's fine. I can do that. No. But if he doesn't share his faith, he doesn't tithe, that means he's only building his kingdom and he's stealing from God. 
you don't get to date my daughter. Right? There's no way. See, in Joshua 7, verse 21, we see Achan confess what he stole. He said, when I saw the plunder, a beautiful robe from Babylonia. Listen to what he says. 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing about 50 shekels. I coveted them and I took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. Listen, this is, this is going to be a revelation for a lot of us. The enemy bluffed Achan with coveting and he fell for it, just like all of us have. The devil likes to minimize the sin, the temptation, and then maximize the condemnation, the consequences. Listen, get this. Achan never would have been able to use the robe. He never would have been able to spend that money. Everybody would have known that was from Babylonia, that that was a devoted thing. If he would have stopped just for one second and thought, because we all want stuff, right? We all covet things, relationship, pornography, money, whatever, and we're like, oh, I want that. But if we stop for a second, we'll realize it's not worth it. Listen, have we stopped and reflected? Are you tithing? Just straight up, are you tithing? If you're not, where is that money going? Is it worth it? I, I, I get it. 10% is significant. No matter what you make, it is significant. I would rather have a lesser hand with God on my side than a good hand on my own. See, remember, he's the dealer. He can give you more. Hey, mom and dad, can I, just for a moment, dad, in verse 24, we see Achan's whole family pay the price for his selfishness. They're, they all die. The decisions we make matter. And we need to stop and reflect on them because they affect our families and they affect our world. This is not easy. But we, and I know this is uncomfortable, we do not live as the world lives and the world should see a difference in us and the, not only a difference in our life, but they should see a difference we make in the world. So today, there's time built into our service for you to reflect today, for you to take responsibility today and to act today. Remember the first one, our God's a God of love. Our God is a God of grace and forgiveness, but he's also a God of action. He's also a God of obedience. During this next two songs, there's a card in your seat. And what it is, is it's, it's to, for you to consider what you're doing with the devoted things, with your finances in your life. Are you a beginner, a learner, core giver, kingdom builder? Hey, this is not for shame and condemnation. I, if, if, I, if I could just, if I could hug you tight and tell you this is not about your money. This is about the abundant life that Jesus died to give you. This is about you living in freedom. This is about you taking your family to their purpose. This is about you winning your world because your neighbors don't know Jesus yet. You're, some of your family doesn't know Jesus yet. And we desperately want you to live in freedom. We want you to get the devoted things that don't belong in your house, out of your house. This is not about us making more money. This is about you living the life that God has for you. Not that the world has for you. And we want to support you. So will you please fill this out? Put your name and number on there. Hey, if you have a question, there's no way I could answer all the questions in 27 minutes. But we will call you. I promise you, Monday or Tuesday, our pastor or our leader will call you and help you process. Walk, we'll get you a class. We'll, get you, we'll do whatever we can do. Because it's not about money. It's not about dirty green paper. It's about eternal obedience in winning our world by you winning your world. We believe in you. 
I'm gonna pray for us, and then we're gonna sing. Can I encourage you? Don't even engage in worship until you're done filling this card out. And when we do our time of generosity, just drop in the bucket so we can support you. God, we love you so much. We ask you to move in this time. God, I know this is uncomfortable. Some of us may be a little frustrated. Some of us may be a little confused. Some of us may not know exactly what to do, but God, you're a God of clarity. You're a God of freedom. God, you're, you, that's the God that you are. So we ask, please, 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 Holy Spirit, guide us in this moment. God, let us not be offended. Let us be obedient. God, this is a, this is a celebration and not an obligation. We love you. Move on us in this time. In your precious name we pray.